Today's guest is Gary Gracia, a remote worker turned entrepreneur after battling an existential crisis during COVID. Hello, everyone. It's time to put on your dad hat. What's up, Gary? How are you? Man, I'm good. I'm good. How you doing, man? Not too bad. Not too bad. The uh, It's a little chilly in Atlanta. It's very chilly in Atlanta. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for it to heat up. We had one good day, and then it already got cold. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it was like that here, too. It was like that here, too. You play yeah. any sports, Gary? I played basketball, and uh, I played I play pool. I, like, I just got into golf. I realized when you're a dad... Golf becomes like the best place to get out energy without getting injured. Yeah, I play other small sports, but not that well, like football and baseball. But yeah, I play a bunch of golf too. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a, a two year old son, and mm. we go out there together sometimes. That's uh, cool. I was fast. Yeah, I was fascinated how quick he picked up the club and started swinging. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's something him and I do a that's little awesome. bit. I read something that you wrote the other day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I am free. From the story of me, tell me what that what that means. Uh, well, it kind of goes into the story of how I became a a speaker. I don't know about you, but during the COVID lockdown, I got depressed. <laughs> uh, during the COVID lockdown, I had three kids under the age of five, and the youngest one was three months, and we were homeschooling. I worked from home, and I was just stuck on repeat. What kind of work? Uh, I'm I'm a federal employee. And so we we just did remote work. I was just stuck on repeat, just being stuck at home, just being a dad. And I'm also married <laughs> as well. Put that on top of that. And so it, I don't know, I, I broke. I, I broke in a weird way because I didn't have time to exercise. I didn't have time to meditate or do my devotion. I didn't have time to really even golf. I didn't have time to do anything. And so during that time, I just started doing whatever I felt like doing, like, I don't feel like it. I was just moved by that. Through a series of self-revelation and failure, I got to a place where I read this quote that says, what you do and what you believe cannot be separate. And that revelation kind of broke me because I realized what I was doing was not what I actually really believe. And through that, I was trying to discover what does that really mean? What do I really believe in? And why am I not doing that? And I may be talking about something where I'm not doing it. And so then that's when I actually understood what really integrity means. Integrity means doing the right thing, whether in peace and whether in war. It's doing the right thing. And doing the right thing is based on your belief. And so when you do the right thing based on what you believe, where you are aligned with what your beliefs and what you do, you become authentic. You become your authentic self. And so it freed me from the story, the negative story that I tell myself. Because there's a story that we tell ourselves that makes us stay where we are. So, for instance, I'll give something easy. I know I was supposed to exercise. I know I was supposed to be drinking some more water. Yeah. I know I need to drink more water. Sure. But I didn't do it because every time I was oh, I just don't feel like it. Oh, there's not enough. And so I make a story to validate why I do something, even though I believe something different. So once I became aligned with what I believed and what I did outside of how I felt, I realized I was really free to be what I should have been doing, who I was. So, yeah. Man, how, how long did it take to uh, get more aligned or, or, or get to the level that you're at now? I mean, it sounds like you were pretty far off there for a little while, mm-hmm. and, and now you're, you're, you've gained a lot. How long right. did that take? So it's still a process. Mm-hmm. 
I remember it took two years to actually get to the point of be trying to become a speaker. It took me two years. So it, it took me two years just to actually even face my fear because I remember Will Smith said this, feel the fear and do it anyway. And that was also a very scary thing because I believed I was supposed to do it, but I, I was scared because I told my story. Uh, I'm not that good. I don't have the right words. And so I'm still kind of getting out of it because the story that you attach yourself to is also sometimes attached to a pain that you haven't dealt with um, or a pain point. So it's not easy. <laughs> like when you actually try to try to do what you believe, you actually have to deal with a lot of your past, your pain and the things that you thought were you got over. You didn't. Anybody that's done any therapy uh, <laughs> knows exactly what you're talking about right now, man. Right. I mean, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Right. Right. Definitely. So you got three youngins and you're married. Mm -hmm. What does a day look like at, at your household? Mm -hmm. Wake up the kids. Make sure they get ready uh, for school, brush their teeth, uh, wipe themselves and get themselves ready for school. Bring them downstairs. Make sure that they eat, get their vitamins, brush, <laughs> um, brush their hair and all this different stuff. Then get them out the door and then drop them off at all three places. I come back home and I... Really, most of the times, go straight into work. Um, after I go to work, I have to come pick up the kids. Pick up the kids. They want after I pick up the kids, they want a snack. They they want to go do something. If it's warm outside, we go outside. After that, we do homework. Then we have to figure out what to eat. Then we have thirty minutes. If my wife and I don't have a discussion, you know that that pivotal time where we have this discussion. We hopefully we don't get in discussion, and we have family time. If you have family time after that. Around 7, 7.15, we bring the kids upstairs. They, uh, we put them to bed. Around 8 o'clock, hopefully by 8, 8.15, they're in bed. Then we clean up after ourselves. Then I usually catch up with my wife. And then within, uh, I should be trying to be in bed by 10, 10.30. Hopefully there's not a, a game or something that I, I didn't watch that I'm trying to catch up on. Mm. And so that's usually the routine. The new thing that I'm trying to do also is I'm trying to work out in the afternoons instead of the morning. However, in the afternoon, the day always, something always happens. So now I'm going to have to try to really go to sleep at 10 o'clock in the morning so I can wake up at five to start exercising. So that's, mm. the, that's the day that I'm going to, that, that, that usually happens and the day that I want to happen. Okay. Okay. So uh, does your wife work? She is working. She's working as a teacher. In, in the public school system. How do you feel about that? Do you, do you like that she works? Do you, uh, is that something that you looked for in a spouse when you were, when you were searching? Good question. Um, that was, I, I grew up in a two parent working family. Um, so I was kind of used to that, but I did hear something from Miles, Mon Miles Monroe that said, you want to work your wife out of a job. Um, I kind of did that, which was cool. I enjoyed that. So I don't mind her working, but you know, there's a, there's a cost to everything. Mm -hmm. So your wife uh, works, but you don't see her as much. Cause when she comes back home, her, she, she's not here sometimes. So she has to debunk and stuff like that. But when she is home, it's cool. But sometimes I don't know if you've, you've ever had the opportunity of your wife to being at home. Sometimes you can mix work and home. And it seems as though like if I'm home 
and let's still have a free time, she may ask me to do some some things. Or we can get into a discussion that may be long and we shouldn't be having the discussion. So it, it's sometimes difficult to kind of detach home and work with that. Oh, but yeah. I can see that. I can see that. One thing about my wife and myself, uh, part of the reason we came together so well or, or I feel like our relationship is so strong is we're both, uh, I don't want to say achievers, but we're, she, she's quickly becoming a leader in her company and we kind of feed off of each other trying uh-huh. to be the best people that we can be. Mm. And I will say this, mm. it is in Texas, a lot of conservative folks in Texas, you know that I'm sure. Right. You know, my peers are like, oh, your wife works or your wife. And when I talk about my wife working, it's a like, you know, she's a savage at work, too. She's good. Okay. <laughs> right. You know, and, and they're like, oh, she is. And and yeah. they look at me like, is that does that present any sort of problems? And for me, it's a big no. So I like to ask people, is that something, you know, if your wife works, I want to I want to mm-hmm. know how that makes you feel and and uh, how that, you know, it, it's also changes things for me as a father. Like I got to mm. do more things. I made dinner mm. last night. I cleaned up for dinner yeah. last night. You know, right. all those things, which right. isn't a big deal. I like making dinner quite honestly. Okay. But there's also things that I participate in that, you know, maybe my grandfathers and fathers didn't doing laundry, not. doing, doing right. things around the house that, you know, right. which I'm start at, at first I was like, eh, I don't know about all this, but now that, you know, that the house is nice and clean and we're, mm-hmm. and we work together on it. It's not like I do all of it by any means. She's still, right. she's still, like I said, in there, right. but, um, it's good. It's good. Lee, so. Lee let me ask you a question. You have sure. two ambitious people working together, two kids, correct? Just one. Yeah. You have just one. Mm-hmm. How do you make it work for you we both worked in the beginning then we had a kid my wife stayed home and she just continued to stay home how does it work for you in view of the dynamic between who does what who who takes the kid who does this and uh, is there any power struggle i want to hear from you you about that is there any power struggle i was i was definitely the lazy one at first i want to just put throw that out there for sure Um, Mm. but it was almost because I didn't know exactly what to do. So I didn't feel confident doing the things. So now Mm. that I know all the things to be done, clean the dishes out of the dish every, every night at, you know, 6 PM after we, or seven, after we get done eating, just get it done. That's the time it needs to happen. After I got that down, no problem after that. In the morning time, the routine is, you know, uh, six, 6 AM, we get our son Mm -hmm. up out of bed. Usually that's me because my wife likes mm-hmm. to go to work early. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after I understood all the things that needed to be done, I just started mm-hmm. handling up. And when she's at the house, she knows all the things that need to be done also. So she handles mm-hmm. up as much as she can too. It's almost okay. like, you know, she's better at doing all the house things, if you will. So, right. so she probably does more of them. But mm-hmm. now that I know, I can definitely contribute better. You know, right. which it took me a long time to to get all those things because, right. you know, I played sports in, in high school and college and, and that right. sort of thing. So my dorm room was a wreck. You know, it was terrible. <laughs> and now that I live in a nice, clean house or, or try right. to, you know, right. I can see the benefit of it. So I want to contribute to it. How long have I been married? So, uh, three years. It was almost like I found a person that wanted to 
uh, evolve with me, you know, and Beautiful. I, I had been some in some crappy ones, if you will, some crappy right. relationships that it was like, oh, you're the provider, you're the provider, you do this, you do this, you do this. And mm. it was just like, man, and and they had a bad personality. So I was just like, uh. what are we doing here? You know <laughs> what I mean? So I was just like, let's find somebody that wants to grow as well. Not just That's good. not just me and, and that sort of thing. So That's that, was, that was exciting. Hey, I got, a, I got a good one for you. What are mm. some things that fathers or we struggle with today that our fathers didn't have to struggle with at all? For me... And I was actually talking to my wife about this. I grew up in a household where my dad did not have to defend himself in view of, I don't know. Uh, he was the man. He he did every, uh, my, my mom gave him the food. You know, she just, she catered to him. My mom did have some leverage, you know, he's the head, but she's the neck. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but she, she didn't have to like, there was not a lot of talking back. If he said something, it is. Right now, we're in a place, I believe, that men have to kind of validate why they want to do something. Mm-hmm. They have to kind of question. And I think it's also because, how can I say this in the most appropriate way? Because women have become more stronger and financially independent and no, take, more, take on more leadership skills, which is good. Mm-hmm. It's hard for them to trust us to do something and for us to for them to just give way to our leadership for some for some women so i think that's one thing another thing that was difficult is to i thought cuz the way i grew up I grew up in a traditional christian household sure. i sure. thought a woman would just follow me i didn't have to tell her what to do and then not only do I have to, but I have to explain to her why she would have to do it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, especially in the beginning, that was kind of hard for me. Like I have to, and I'm a person that I don't like to explain myself twice. Yeah. So after a while, it's just mm-hmm. like, okay, um, just do whatever you want. So that's another thing. I don't know if the men of old knew how to be people pleasers because who... Whoever had the stronger personality, and sometimes my wife has a stronger personality in view of certain things. I don't, a lot of times men say they want peace, but I I didn't want to buck all the time. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just like, if you're so passionate about it, you have so much more words towards certain things, I'm just going to give way. But I also realize that's also kind of faulty. So those are the things that I I believe Mm -hmm. were kind of things that we did. What, what, What about you? Man, you hit you hit the nail on the head right there. Uh, me and my wife have been going through this dynamic, uh, very similar to the the story you just spoke about. On well, on the one hand, my wife wants me to be decisive. Mm-hmm. I can because just like you said, uh, I fall you know into the category of being a people pleaser sometimes too, mm-hmm. and I also fall into the category of. Um, just being like, yeah, whatever you want. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Right. And that's not good. That's After not- a while, it's like, oh no, <laughs> she, she wants your input. Right. But then when you give it to her, we have to have a discussion about, you know, right. so it's like, oh man, we're, we're having this dance right now. We're getting better at the dance though. That's the thing. Right. I think you have to get better at that dance. You have to you, get right? better at the dance. Um, I, I realized, so I'm an executor mm-hmm. and I, I'm also a problem solver. 
give me something and I'll give it to you. The problem is my wife, and maybe you could say most women, want details. Oh, yeah. They want the finer details. So that's why they're asking 50,000 questions. So yeah. I'm saying, yeah, we're going to do a lot, a lot. I said, but what about this, Mike? We're going to figure it. So I have to realize if she wants a question, mm-hmm. if, she, if she's asked me a question, sometimes I have to ask her more questions to really fill out what she really wants. Because sometimes the first question is just a buffer. Just to see, but then there's mm. other questions. So sure. for me, I have to, I have to make sure that I'm asking the right questions to know what do you really want to know, so that we can minimize these questions and that you'll feel comfortable to to, uh, to believe in the, the decision that I made and the reason why. Yeah, but still, there's a, it's a dance. It's definitely a dance. Yeah, it's a dance. <laughs> All right. So, um, do do any of your kids play sports yet? Put them in soccer. Put my son in soccer. My daughter is in ballet. And I think I'm still trying to figure out which ones they like. He, he likes a soccer. Um, I'm about to try to put him in karate. Um, in basketball, when the basketball season starts, I'll probably put him in there. But we're still trying to figure out which one is he good at. And for her, it's ballet um, sure. uh, and gymnastics. I have to just put her in that. Yeah. I should have said extracurriculars because <laughs> I shouldn't have assumed sports, but... You know what I meant, uh, right. <laughs> but that's cool. So, uh, what's the soccer experience like? You said maybe you know maybe it's not. Uh, you're still trying to figure out what he likes and what he doesn't. What yeah, that's soccer like? the, the soccer experience was good. Every mm-hmm. Sunday we went, we, we went there. He was he he liked it. He's very hard on himself. Mm. He's very hard on himself. So when he doesn't score or he's not doing it, he's he's not good. But we try to encourage him to continue to do it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's good for him to get out there. And one, it's good for him to have some type of, he needs to know how to deal with people and com- mm-hmm. competition and conflict because he's he's a little sensitive right now. And mm-hmm. it's it's cool. We're all sensitive, but he also needs to learn how to work in a group and stuff like that. So I want to put him in more activities. And when the school year starts bringing in more of those activities, I want to put him in those things. But I'm also trying to figure out which one, should I invest in? Because mm. where I want to say, okay, this is what you want to do. I'm going to put you in an outside league. And yeah, so I want to see if he has that kind of driving motivation. Because my daughter, she's always doing cartwheels because mm. she loves it and yeah. she won't stop. Like she's mm-hmm. climbing up everything, she's breaking the house down. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Yeah. I think uh, so, a technique that I'm going to try to deploy with my son is just. Help, maybe help him be a guide. I, I want to be his guide. If, if he needs mm-hmm. help doing something, I want to be there for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't want to force him to do anything. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of people are so afraid of being forceful or dads these days are afraid to be forceful. You know, you know, that's a, that's a dance also, that's you, a dance. you know, you definitely can't, you know, overdo it because then, you know, your kid's going to rebel and probably dislike <laughs> right? you a little bit, right? <laughs> here, here in about 15 years, 12 years. But right. if you don't, you know, push him a little bit to do something, right. then it'll be tough for him to evolve by himself. Right. So not sure. I, I really think that, uh, that that's a dance as well. Mm. So um, what are some of the techniques and, and uh, uh, strategies that you deploy to to, you know, further your kids' evolution. In, in view of sports? In, well, uh, as, as people, I think that um, 
you know, for me, the two pillars are um, unconditional love and discipline. Right. Those are those are the two big ones that I've read in books and that mm-hmm. I feel are working for me. You know, mm-hmm. at the moment. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, what do you think about that, and and what are some of the strategies you use? I have a, I also have a unique kid. My son also has ADHD, mm. and it was how old? He's eight now. Okay, but he it was hard to one kind of connect with him because he just had that energy. He has that ball of energy, mm. just running and running and running. And so, one, I had to evolve as a person before I can really help him, because one, I had to have the patience. To kind mm-hmm. of talk to him, number one. I also had to really see and try to make sure that I understand what he's going through. Once again, I come from a traditional family. Stop. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. He didn't know how to stop and not to do that. And he didn't, he just wanted to play. And he has a ball of energy that can't control. And he loves drums. He, And so I, I had to kind of see what he needed before he even knew what he needed. And that was actually really key for me. Now that we have more of a conversation, once again, he's very hard on himself. I'm trying to encourage him because I think he just, he wants to be perfect. I don't, he wants to be perfect in everything that he does. So I try to encourage him as much as possible, but I also see that he also needs to learn to look at the cup half full instead of half empty. And so I don't know what he's watching. I don't know if I, sometimes I think it's also me because sometimes I'm critical about myself. Mm-hmm. And when I'm even thinking that I'm probably encouraging him, I'm probably correcting him in pro- instead of probably teaching him how to look at the positive first. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I, we, we, it's, it's just learning. I'm literally learning on the job how to encourage someone who is unique. And then my daughter because she was my daughter, I felt like, I don't know if you ever have a daughter, the daughter would take your heart. <laughs> she will take your heart. And so I'm scared about it. <laughs> she will take your heart. And because she has my heart, there's more of a confidence that she has more in her. And so it's, it's, it's kind of easier to kind of help her, but she's spoiled. And I realized I spoiled her, even though I didn't want to. I realized that sometimes she's the baby girl and I did. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm kind of harder on the on the boy because, mm-hmm. come on, you know, you want him to be in a certain way. So I literally have to evolve on the job. My parents were not that intuitive <laughs> right. to be there. So I'm learning on the job how to do this differently where I'm telling my kid I love them every day. I'm trying to be there for them, but also trying to teach them one structure, discipline, and how to be loving, but also to have kindness, but also to be strong and courageous. Man, you said something. So you said your daughter, uh, she's the baby girl. She knows you love her. Right? She's the middle child. Oh, that's another thing too. That's, that's, <laughs> that's another, another thing. That's, that's another thing too. But she, yeah. you said that she knows that, that you love her. And do you think the, uh, the boy might you know, he knows that you love him too, but at the right. same time, he wants to, uh, uh, you know, make it, make you, make you proud. Is that, right. is that really what he's, I, th- I think that's I a, see a big it. piece I see it every he, day. He wants to make you so proud that yeah, he's, he he's mad, you know, that's a, I can remember being a, a youngin myself and, mm-hmm. and feeling that way about my father. So hmm. that's a, 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm trying to be a more loving and more kind to him. Uh, I'm the first one. I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> My first kid, I made a lot of mistakes, and I, and I'm learning from them. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm seeing how, just like how you said, I'm receiving that love, um, as well as one thing that I'm also paying attention to is your kids are paying attention to your temperament, to your mm-hmm. wife, and throughout everything else throughout the day. And so I realized if I'm just kind of going, there's things to do, and I'm just kind of going, they're paying attention to that and paying attention to my temperament. And they may see me, not saying that I'm mad, but not saying that I'm happy sometimes. And so they may actually absorb that as well. So I have to be very mindful of my face, of how I treat them, how I talk to them, and how my nonverbal communication is communicating to them. Man, that's a, that's leading right there. So mm. you're kind of describing a, a business strategy a little bit. Uh, listen, learn, lead. I'm sure mm-hmm. that's something that you've you've heard in the business world before, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you were listening to your eight-year-old because he has ADHD and he was doing right. all these wild things and you had to... And then you were learning from it, so you were right. adapting. Like, oh, okay, right. I can't be, you know, I can't be. And now, right. and now you're you're uh, adapting those to your personality. Definitely, and and, and that's leading right there. Definitely, right? that's that's yeah. the family is a business. Your, your family is literally a business. Your mm-hmm. kids are your investment, yeah. <laughs> and so you hopefully you are re- there's going to be a return on that investment, but it's not it's not immediate. So we have to do our best. To try to, I, I'm, I'm realizing your family is literally your business. Mm. It will take shape of the leader. It will take shape of how, what environment you have. And I also am realizing it with my wife, what I give her, she will reflect back to me. Mm. And that's also important as well because the kids are paying attention to that. So this whole dance I, and I feel like this this title of the thing should just be called the dance because everything is, is, is a dance is is learning how you communicate your vision, learning how people receive your vision, and whether they are a believer in that vision to implement it. Well said, Gary. Man, that was that was uh that that's right. That's it's a dance as well. You you got that exactly right. So um, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more female workers, uh, a lot more female leaders in the business world. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more time is going to be spent from, you know, from the female side uh, away from the home. Mm-hmm. Um, you already know my background. My, mm-hmm. my, my wife's a leader as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think that's going to do to the kids in 10, 20, 30 years? How do you, what kind of effect do you think that's going to have? I have realized I am very grateful for my wife being home Mm. because she took on the brunt of the issues that we did with the kids, had with the kids, but also she was just so in tune with the kids. I grew up in that generation where my parents were both working, hardly saw my parents. I was somewhat of a latchkey kid. They put me at school. I was there. I was just small as a latchkey kid. And, Atlanta? Huh? I grew up in uh, in Jersey, actually. Oh, okay. I grew, yeah, I grew up in New Jersey. And I'll be very honest. I don't have the close relationship with my mother. My mom was a physician. 
Mm-hmm. And so even with my dad, I have a relationship with him now, but in, I, I didn't, I didn't really have that relationship, but they were just working. So there is for me, what I believe a place for what the m- woman gives and what the man gives. Mm-hmm. Um, I may be the harder one. I may try to teach them. I, I like to talk. I like to do that. I may encourage, I may give them that love, but there's something about a mother's love, a mother's care and a mother's presence. And there is, so in 20 to 30 years, as we are becoming more busier, busier, and we just, we want success. We want all this different stuff. It's, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do believe that we are not going to build the most emotionally astute mm. people. But I would have to say, watch this. And I'm going to actually ask you, because I actually said something to someone about, how the people of the, the greatest generations in the 50s and 60s, mm. they were the, the, I believe they were the most mentally strong. They were the most mentally tough. However, they were not emotionally available because that generation went through a lot. They didn't have a Facebook or anybody else to tell you about what they were going through. They held it in. So they were very, very mentally strong, but not emotionally available. So that's why they were mostly tough. Right now, we are more emotionally aware. We have so many different avenues to express, but we are not mentally tough. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't have that edge that the old the older generation had. So they worked, and some parents were in the home, and my generation maybe your generation, some others were there and we see how the benefit of a a woman being at home, Mm -hmm. but they weren't. So I don't know. I don't know. What do you believe based on what I just said? What do you believe this generation is going to be? Because we've already started before not having, um, uh, having me at mothers and maybe fathers being emotionally there. But we were a little bit stronger. We were a little bit stronger. You can see the TikToks about how we handled things in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. But now we're more emotionally sensitive and more aware of our emotions and able to express our emotions. And we need to, but we don't have the mental toughness. Like, what do you you believe? I don't know. Well, my first thing to go back to the original question I think two is better than one. I think both parents in the house is, is going to be better. I mean, Definitely. You, you need the you need the yin and the yang, the left and the right, you know, right. the red and the blue, whatever you want right. to say. You need you need them right. both, right? Right. Um, I do think that the more I parent with a uh, strong person, the more I believe that all of the things, if you will, the things around the house, the things uh, building, you know, uh, raising your kid, all that stuff they are interchangeable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to worry about who made dinner in 20 years. You know what I mean? Which one of us made <laughs> dinner? You know what I mean? Right. Nobody's going to worry about which one of us took, you know, folded the laundry. It just, mm-hmm. it got done and it needed to get done. And that's, and it, and it did. So mm-hmm. I'll say that first. Um, being emotionally aware is, I think a good thing, 
But one of the, the reason why we're not tough, in my opinion, is is because life's really easy. And it's been really easy for mm. a long, for 20 years for, you know, hmm. I, I know there's lots of, uh, you know, people talking about uh, inequality or whatever the case is, but it does ne- it never, uh, there's never been an easier time to stay alive, if you will. It's really easy hmm. to get food and water. I mean, right. I, it, you know, in, in 1921, it wasn't, you couldn't, you can't say that it was really easy to get right. food and water. Right? right. So I think that, um, we're going through this time where we just need to, you know, figure out modernity. And that's kind of what this mm. show's about, uh, is, or what I, I'm thinking it's about is, man, we, we went through some really hard times, which made easy times. Those easy mm. times kind of made weaker men and we, and weaker women. And that's mm. kind of what we got right now. How are we going to get right. strong? Right. What, what are we going to yeah. do to, to, you know, get us right. Yeah. So, so yeah. we can tackle this, we, you know, and, and the problems aren't, aren't going to, you know, it's not going to get easier. I don't think, I think it's, I think times are going to mm-hmm. get harder. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as far as the kids go back to the original question, I think that um, if we can, if we can let them in on, on kind of what we're talking about today, uh, let them mm-hmm. understand that, you know, your mom's got a point of view that's important. Your dad's got a point of view that's important. Um, you, your point of view is important. Um, mm. I think it's it's a day by day process, and no one process is the same. So I I, I, gonna, I agree. So I agree. It's a, it's a tough. It's a it's a toughie. So um, man, uh, tell when's your next speaking engagement? Um. So I haven't actually scheduled, I actually canceled one in, in January. I haven't actually start my, started my schedule okay. um, yet. Um, I'm about to because I'm actually revamping my website and all, all my calls to action. So I'm, I will probably put that all in my, uh, my, my website, but I'm going to put a marketing push within probably February or March. Uh, February or March. But yeah, um, yeah. You do all your own marketing and and web and web building and all that stuff, or you got some people? Um, like, I have some people. I have some people. Okay. You can't do it. You can't do it alone. <laughs> sure. <laughs> can't sure, can't sure, do it yeah, alone. Definitely, you. definitely. When's your speak? Uh, when's your next speaking engagement? I, I'm not sure either. Uh, I got you here now. I got a couple uh, a couple folks that have reached out and and like the idea of this podcast and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Right. So uh, honestly. Uh, this right here, what what we've been doing is, is a, a great test and mm-hmm. a great um, you know thing to uh, to do and, mm-hmm. and see which uh, guests I'm gonna have in the future. All right, so, let's go. Gary, you're t- one more thing. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things you talk about in your at your speaking engagements? Give me just give me a couple points. Um, one of my points is. I talk about integrity and authentic, uh, authenticity, mm-hmm. um, but one of the things I really talk is about learning how to embrace silence. Mm. We are very, um, very busy. Our minds are very busy. Our phones are very busy. Our kids need us to be healthy, to actually produce healthy kids. Mm. But before we can actually be healthy, we have to really kind of silence the noise so that we can really know what is true 
and what is just what we feel at the moment because our feelings change. And when we don't have a moment to really silence the noise, get to a quiet place and to kind of figure out what is actually true in our lives instead of what we think is true. And we're getting so much advice. And if we have an issue right now, we go to Google. We, mm. we just flood ourselves with information. We, we can really self-deceive ourselves and go down a path that we don't even really want to do. So instead of being busy, we need to know what it really means to be silent so that we can know what is really going on in ourselves. So that's one of the things I talk about. Um, staying man, silent can, to find the truth. Man, I can relate to that. That is uh, really looking inward was the reason why I started this podcast. What mm -hmm. do I love doing? I love having a conversation. Mm -hmm. I love trying to gain understanding. Right. And I love giving it too. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I, I like to I like to let everybody know what I've learned. Right. So, man, that is that hits home for sure. That hit that is is awesome. So yeah, I appreciate that, Gary. You've been a great guest. Mm. I think that uh, uh, we should do this again soon. Definitely, definitely. I want to I want to see how you evolved as a dad as a husband, as oh, an entrepreneur, as everything. I, I, I can't wait to see the evolution of Lee, that hat. That'll be great. Thank you, sir. You have a good one. Always. Mm -hmm.